You see, when I was running the Morans, nobody, and I mean nobody, messed with me. If they did, they regretted it fast. Locos, demon dogs, even those Frank's tribe circus. I've had them all. So, why'd they throw you out? They didn't. I left. You left a nice, cozy, safe mall to sleep in the gutter? Welcome to Series 2, Episode 24 of Conversation on Inga Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me in the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Maggie. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 24, the screenplay was done by James Wiley. It was directed by Janet Stubbins. And the episode synopsis were read out by Sabine. Danny is forced to reveal her secret to the rest of the tribe, and Ebony uses the fallout to strengthen her own position in the mall. In the city, Lex falls in with a group of outcasts, while Ryan continues to search for his friend. Okay, so panel, the episode kicks off right where he left off. Um, confronted by Jack and Ellie, Danny admits to the tribe that her father was involved with the Pandorex project that unleashed the virus, and that he went along with it in order to cover up and protect her. The Morats are understandably angry, although Alice later agrees with Tysan that if the virus hadn't got on them, they else would have found some other way to wipe themselves out. So, yeah, what were your thoughts on Danny's revelations and the general group's philosophies on the destiny of the adults? I mean, I think that she definitely should have told them before now, you know, so because like you see later with Jack, he gets upset, you know, but it's not because she had lied to them. It's because of how she acted and the things that she did. Mm -hmm hiding though you know what you know her secret um and it was how she treated people you know hiding that secret but i mean good for her for finally saying something i suppose um uh, i agree with alice and, and tysan 100 percent. something else would have happened mm -hmm. if that wasn't the case and the adults would have done something else to bring about the end of humanity in one way or another yeah it totally fits in with tysan's philosophy Mm -hmm. You know, all things happen for a reason, and good karma, bad karma, and all that. So yeah, it's it feels very fitting that Tyson would be one of the first to go with a, well, they would have found a way to wipe themselves out anyways. Yeah, you know, she would have looked at it from that, you know, philosophical, yeah. but yet logical standpoint as well, yeah. of how she clearly feels about the adults. I really like the fact that they slowed down long enough to give these kids time to have a reaction to such mm -hmm. a revelation. Yeah. I mean, how many times has something huge been brought to their attention and they've never been given time to like digest it and express mm -hmm. how they feel about it and what this means, you know, because something else is happening. So I like the fact that we've given an entire episode for these kids to explore the conflicting emotions you'd have mm -hmm. at finding this out. I mean, Remember, these kids, whatever reason, never saw the pre presidential broadcast that told them where the virus came from. They had no idea why the world came to an end. They just had to reconcile that it was an act of nature that couldn't have been prevented, and that's why they lost everything. And then they were finally given a face and an actual reason for it all happening, that one person caused it, you know, technically. Um, mm. And that, you know... If the government, you know, scientists hadn't been exploring with such something so dangerous and, you know, geneticisms and all that stuff like that, that this wouldn't have happened. And that is a whole, that's a, that's a whole new ball game. It's, it's like your parents dying in an accident compared to your parents being murdered. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that, that's a lot harder to come to grips with and make peace with. And I'm, I liked these different reactions to it. The initial anger, outrage, even if it's not rational, you know, um, and just trying to, like, make peace with, at the end of the day, it doesn't change anything. They're still gone, you know. Mm -hmm. And then this idea that they, they have to look at the adults and recognize how flawed they were just as a monolith. Like, this was just, this is, maybe this is our humanity. This is our nature. We would have destroyed ourselves. You know, there was plenty of things that the people who we loved and looked up to they were doing wrong that would have destroyed our world you know that they, they weren't going to leave us with much anyway and having to think about whether or not you too it's in your nature to become that once you're an adult you know and 
I, I mean, that's just a generational thing. We've all go through it. Every generation looks at the one before them and thinks mm-hmm. we're not going to make your mistakes. We're not going to do the things you do. And then 20, 30 years later, your kids are looking at you thinking you've wrecked the mm-hmm. world. We're not going to do what you did. And um, so I like that. I like that theme of just this is what it feels mm-hmm. like coming into the world and discovering what a mess you've made of things, mom, dad, grandma, grandma. Yeah. Thanks a lot, you know. They had smoking in your day in airplanes, and now the, there's smog. It's all here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I, I do like that. We get to see these very realistic, genuine reactions to finding out such a damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it all happened. Yeah. I could have definitely done without Ebony's commentary. Okay. <laughs> as much as I love no. Ebony, you know what I mean? Like, I absolutely love her character. She's played so well. I just, in that moment, I'm like, you need to just shut up. Just shut up. Why isn't anybody telling you to just shut up? Because from Ebony's point of view, it made sense. Her first response is, okay, so if he would have just let you die, everyone else would have lived. We wouldn't have loved, yeah, no, loved our parents if, yeah. if your dad had just sacrificed you. You know, she's thinking practically, and, well, she hates Danny anyways. And, of course, that's her, you know. Yeah, and that's very Ebony, you know, to say, and I'm really glad that no one else latched on to it. Well, everybody knows. That's the thing. It's like, if someone else had had said it, Mm -hmm. um, I could understand their anger. Like, I'd feel like, yeah, that's genuine anger. That's where you would normally go. But Mm -hmm. because it's Ebony, we know this is just because she hates Danny. You know, and she hates Bray, likes Danny. That's yeah. all it is. So it's like, shut up, Ebony. And that's exactly you know I mean? why mm-hmm. I was like, you need to shut up. I could just do without. What parent now? wouldn't put their child? What exactly. parent put their child's life above everyone? Come on, yeah. Ebony, give me a break. No. You know what I mean? We've seen you sacrifice the world for shoelaces. You know what I mean? It's you like- sacrificed a baby and her mother <laughs> for what? Nothing, because you got mm-hmm. nothing in the end. All right. So I do yeah. wish it could have been someone else who actually said it mm-hmm. to express genuine anger that someone would feel at hearing that because it's Ebony saying it. It's just like, yeah, I feel like you, I like just shut up, Ebony. You know, mm-hmm. you're always saying this because you're jealous of Danny. I did love uh, Ellie calling Jack out for his reaction. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like he was a scientist. Scientists make mistakes. Um, so for her to call him out and tell him, you know, you're acting ridiculous. I was like, okay, Ellie, I'll give you props right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that too. I was like, you are a hypocrite, Jack. Mm-hmm, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> you're again, Jack is just mad because Danny gaslit him and made him feel like a fool. Right. Which mm-hmm. he has a right to feel yes. upset about. Which I was glad he yeah. actually admits that. Me too. He says, yeah. I'm mad because she made me look like an idiot. That's why I'm actually mm-hmm. angry at her, you know? Yeah. And it's, he's right to feel that way. She did, as well as insult him the entire time he was on this, you know, discovery insult journey. His intelligence mm-hmm. and all of it. Right. He, yeah. He, he has a right to be mad at her, you know what I mean? But he is a hypocrite, so oh, I did like, sure. you know. But I'm Again, glad, I yeah, think- that he said, you know, this is why I'm angry. I'm not angry that your dad did this. I'm not angry that you, I'm angry by the way that you handled it and you were acting and you treated me. And you me. treated me mm-hmm. and, yeah. And so I just, I really think there's just some good, realistic, honest reactions to this, yeah. you know. Does it annoy me that Danny's the one who gets an episode where people get the time you know, to actually go through it all. Yeah, it annoys me because it's like, we've, Trudy didn't get this treatment. There are plenty of other characters who deserved this kind of time and thoughtfulness and they didn't get it. But, you know, Danny's a special girl. I'm not sure that's because it's Danny, though. It's because of the storyline. I know, I know. know, The Pandora storyline is so essential for these I'm being petty. Exactly, that's all it is, yeah. It's just because it's Danny. Why did it have to be Danny? I'm just being a little petty that all this attention is given to Danny's storyline. And I'm like, the, uh, the only time we see some genuine reaction and emotion from these characters is because of Danny. That's why I'm like, <laughs> Amber, Amber and Sandra died, and you guys were just like, gotta find the antidote. Like, <laughs> Trudy and Z- or Trudy and Brady go missing. Oh, gotta make sure that we can make the antidote. No, like, ah. Uh, I don't f- kind of feel like the reactions went far enough. Nope. Um, okay. Like this is the big, the big revelations of Danny's secret from the beginning, and it's just instantly out there and swept away just like that. And I, I, I don't think it goes anywhere near far enough as how it needs to do to pay off all that reveal and the secrets. Um, 
it's played too too maturely, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's instant reaction is to like, apart from like, what, with Jack and everybody, is to kind of sit back and have a philosophical outlook on it. And it's, it's not. It, it should be more anger. They are teenagers. Their parents have been wiped out. Mm-hmm. It should be more of an emotional response, which mm-hmm. I think was played too too yeah sterile. I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually agree with you there. I actually thought about this. Now, as much as I enjoyed. The maturity and the to, of the reactions these guys had, and you know, mm. because I just don't, I didn't like being a teenager, and I don't miss the irrational emotional responses <laughs> that come from it. So I was like, I'm fine with this. I agree with you, Lance, and this is a problem the show has. Sometimes it feels as like, well, granted, you have all these different writers who take their own spin on how these kids will react and deal with things. We get some great writers who I feel just nail it. They seem to have a really good understanding how kids this age would learn and how to spin it into a lesson for the watchers. And then you have writers who don't. I'll just leave it at that. Um, But there is a tonal issue sometimes with it because why do you think these guys get over it so quickly? It's because the story needs to move on. The story doesn't have any room for any of the kids to have any lasting anger at Danny. The writers don't want you to have any lasting anger at Danny. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it is noticeable how we'll have some episodes where they let the kids get upset over something for ages. Even if it doesn't seem that important. And they'll just go episode after episode after episode back and forth arguing about something dumb. And yet when they're like, oh, well, we need the story to, to move the kids will just move on. You know, like you said, Amber and Zondra die and these kids don't get any time to deal with it because the story is like, well, we don't have time for it. We got to move on. And that's the reason the kids deal with Danny's revelation so quickly because it's like, well, we got to move on with the story. And that is noticeable, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And they're setting Danny up for that, you know, main protagonist, female, you know, lead, or they have been. So we're supposed to like her and she's supposed to step into this leadership role from here on out, you know? So yeah, they had to move through it quickly. And that's why I enjoyed seeing the reactions in that moment. Those few ones, you know, that like Jack's and even Celine's. I enjoyed Celine's as much as I don't like her. I enjoyed that she she was still emotional while she was telling her, well, you didn't do it. You know, but you could still see she was upset mm-hmm. by the news that her dad had something to do with losing, you know, her parents. Everyone. Yeah. What I did like, aside from, you know, everybody just getting over Danny's involvement, you know, not Danny's involvement, but the fact that she's connected to it. Aside from that, the one thing I really did like was you can see there's a great deal of despondent from the kids because of everything they've just gone through. And the fact that they, they even discuss like, is there anyone we can actually count on in this tribe? Mm -hmm. Is there anyone we can trust? You know, um, there's certain things the characters say that says that explains a lot about the Mallrats mentality to me. We've talked about why don't these kids do more to change their circumstances? Why don't they vote another leader in? Why doesn't anyone else try to step up to the plate? And there's this conversation they're having at the table. And I realized they, everyone in that table, not a single one of them mm-hmm. wants leadership. They all want someone that they can follow. Celine probably says it the best. She, she's like, there's no one to trust. There's no one to follow. There's no one to lead us. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they need a mommy. They all want a mom, you know, and it does say a lot about why they don't do much to change their circumstances because they're so desperate for someone else to take the reins. None of them want it. Not even Alice wants the reins. I wish Alice would have, though. She's the one where I was sitting there when they were in that cafe, and I'm like, who could take over if not Ebony, if not Bray, not Lex, you know? And the only one. That would even remotely be able to somewhat handle the responsibility is Alice. That's mm-hmm. not what she's but she doesn't for. want to. Exa- she exactly. Doesn't want. That's not why she's there. She's led her own mm-hmm. group of people at the farm, and clearly that wasn't what she wanted. Right. Like she doesn't even want to go back out to the farm. No. She, she doesn't, doesn't want to be in charge. Mm-hmm. She doesn't ask about the girls there, like how's things going, Dal? 
you know, which says a lot. Yeah, she never wanted it either. And she was know? perfectly happy allowing yeah. Dal to just handle it and be the, you know, in control. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting revelation about them. None of these kids want it, you know, and they all do just want a mom or a dad or someone they can depend on. And I get that. There are a lot of people who feel that way in life. You know, there are a lot of people who only take up any sort of leadership because they absolutely have to to protect their own. But if given a choice, they'd rather not. They'd rather have nothing to do with that. You know, they just want to live. And that's what we're dealing with. This whole group of kids here are just like, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't want anything to do with that. I want somebody to step up that I can trust and let them make all the tough decisions and carry that weight because I don't want it. And there's just a helplessness from them. And then we have the one person who does want it, who's just only looking out for herself. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, with the way, you know, this episode with the kids reaction and how they are, you know, with the leadership, it kind of sets it up perfectly for Danny to come back and step into this role permanently, mm-hmm. you know, officially step into this leadership role. Um, mm-hmm. Even, you know, with the way Bray handles her at the end. Yeah. Sorry. Hug. <laughs> uh, but it just, it, it just is, it's setting things up for the way that it's going to be, you know? So it's just, it's, it's a shame that we, this is where we are, you know, mid season two, when you feel like they should have made so much more progress by now. And like suddenly there's this market. Like there's this market day, right? And I'm like, okay, we're good. But the mall rats internally are they're not with it. They they have are falling apart, have fallen apart. Um, and it'll be interesting to see them pull it back together. Our mall rats have reached a point, like we all do growing up. That there isn't any singular person who's going to have the answers for us and knows what to do. That horrible reality we all go through when we finally see our parents as human beings. And we're like, oh my gosh, you made mm-hmm. mistakes. You didn't get a rule book. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen to me. When I try to find my way, no one is going to give me the guidebook on how to do it. You know, And that's a disturbing moment to realize. And you see all these mall rats sitting there like, what? do you do when you find out that there isn't a guidebook on how to do this and that there isn't any one person who's going to save you or fix everything for you or hold your hand through life that you yourself is going to have to figure out who you trust and how you make it and you don't know how I kind of feel like they captured that tone very well yeah yeah I absolutely agree there's just a sad reality to Mm -hmm. it you know you see Patsy and Chloe sadly discussing it. oh yeah you know mm-hmm. these people who've been taking care of them and this there's no anger anymore it's just a like wow this is this is what i have to look forward yeah. to i don't know what to do and i have to figure it out on my own somehow yeah. it's one of those okay damn you know moments yeah so even though they do sweep it over mm-hmm. they sweep over it fast i just liked that they they got that they managed to touch that this is what it feels like yeah. and i do like that they went in and they showed the girls you know having their conversation you know and and being open about you know their their lack of trust in these adults and cuz the older kids are they're adults in their eyes you know they look at them like mm-hmm. they are the ones that are meant to take care of us and now they're like okay they can't even take care of themselves how are they going to take care of us now they're gonna you know but but for them to still 100% think that Bray would be the one to trust that makes me feel good even if you know it it, uh, it's the realization (laughs) well I get it it's the realization that okay the moment I realized my mother was just a human being and not a superhero was crushing (laughs) I was nine years old and I saw my mother cry for the first time and it was because of something she couldn't fix I was devastated. I was very traumatized. I'd never seen my mother cry. And I was scared. I remember huddling in my room like, how do I fix this? If my mom is crying, what can I do? When my, I cry, my mom fixes it. So what? Mm-hmm. The, I'm nine. What can I do mm-hmm. to make it better? But it was also an awakening. My mom needed help. And I could help her. I could be better. I could try not to make things harder for her. And I get that. That's what the kids see when they look at Bray. He let them down. Mm-hmm. You know, he broke their trust. But he's not a bad person. Yeah. You know, um, there's still a sense of security that, okay, I just can't trust you blindly like I used to. Mm-hmm. You're not a superhero, but that doesn't make you a bad person. And 
you know, you just have to make your choices a little bit more wisely now when you do choose to trust somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it opened mm-hmm. their eyes to the fact that, you know, Bray is not infallible. Uh, right. He, you know, just like them, he makes mistakes. He's only human. Uh, ex- you know, exactly. Um, uh, good for good for Chloe and Patsy, but I really wish Patsy wasn't. I'm, I kind of was liking seeing Chloe snapping nope. at her a lot this episode, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. What were you thinking? I was just wondering what my boy would have been like. Your boy? Yeah, I was... I was gonna be a dad. Going to be. They both died. He and his mother. I'm sorry. Out on the streets, Lex spins his situation to the outcasts, saying that it was his decision to leave the mall. Mayo, however, doesn't buy it, but she doesn't care, telling him that he's among friends. And we see him open up to her about Zandra and the baby, and she asks him to go with them when they leave the city to join the Chosen. But when he eventually wakes up, they have gone and taken his boots. Before we talk about the more the outcasts and May, um, what did you make of Lex opening up about his trauma? Lex has really hit rock bottom and is just finally realizing exactly what he's lost. And I think this is the first time he's very truly dealing with it. Yeah. And it was probably a lot easier to tell someone about Zandra and the baby that didn't know them, Mm -hmm. that wasn't personally involved, you know, because he wasn't going to get that, oh, I'm so sorry, here, let me hug you, you know, reaction from May. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I honestly, I I feel for Lex in this moment. I really do. And in this episode, Mm -hmm. and, and even the last episode, um, Simply because he didn't get to process losing his wife either. Not only did the other Mallrats not get to process Zandra and Amber dying, Lex really didn't get to either. It was right straight back to business. He felt like he had to put this mask on and act a certain way. And now his world has crumbled around him. And he's exposed and he's vulnerable. What he does with that is, you know, to be seen. I really love this moment between Lex and May. And again, just, I'm, Laura is just killing yeah. it, you know, from her first moment we saw her, I'm really loving her. I'm really digging her. Um, I, I do think there's something to be said that Lex runs in with a bunch of outcasts. It's almost like if you're an addict, it can be really hard to talk to the people who love you the most mm-hmm. and be honest with them about your problems because there's way too much baggage attached to it. You could, you could try to explain, well, this is how I feel. And they're going to point out other crap you've done that you don't have good explanations mm-hmm. for. Because they know you. They know what you've done. May knows nothing about mm-hmm. Lex and Zandra's relationship. She knows nothing about how Lex treated Zandra. She's a blank slate. He can simply tell her how he is feeling without having any of his mm-hmm. past behavior thrown in his face. Yes. And have to deal with that. He can simply deal with this by itself. I miss her. I've lost her. I lost a future with her. And there's no May going, but how good would he have taken care of that future? You right, know what I mean? Like, right. Mm-hmm. He knows nothing about him. So he can just deal with this one yes. feeling without having to de- delve into his entire barrel of crap. And uh, it's like small baby steps. And he can do that with a stranger, but he can't do with someone else who has baggage mm-hmm. with him. You know, mm-hmm. that's why people go to things like Alcoholics Anonymous, yes. because these people don't know them, you know, and they can actually just deal with one puddle of a problem at a time, you know, without these people calling them out on anything else they've done because they don't know anything else they've done. Yeah. You know, and so Lex is able to finally be sincere with someone who knows nothing about him, except he obviously got kicked out and she's not judging him for they that. They were all kicked out and of theirs. Right. You know, I think that also helps being with a bunch of people who are not in any way his superior and not in any way judging him or have any expectations of his behavior and are like, oh, so you're screw ups Mm -hmm. like me. Man, that's really comforting. Yeah. You know, like I'm not the only one who completely busted up my life. You know, there's Mm -hmm. other people just like me. So I I just really love that. And I think it's good for Lex. It, It really was. One thing I loved about that scene, though, is, as you said, everyone there was kicked out of their tribe. You see a woman with a baby that's around Brady's age, and all I was thinking when I saw her was, that could have been Trudy 
if Lex had gotten his way in season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he wanted to kick her out because women with babies are a nuisance. Yeah, that's true. That's an interesting mm-hmm. moment. I remember, I'm yeah. sitting there looking at it. Lex sees a young woman right with a yeah, baby. And he says, this is no place for a baby. Yeah, and it's like, this is yeah. exactly where you wanted Judy and her child mm-hmm. to It's come be. full circle. Like, Lex, yeah. where do you think they were going to end up when you kicked them out? You know, yeah. where do you think Brady would end up when you showed no concern for her safety? And yet when you see the reality of this woman and her child, suddenly it's like, whoa, this is messed up. A child shouldn't mm-hmm. be here. And it's like, duh, Lex, a child shouldn't yeah. be here. Yeah. You know, like, and why are we seeing that? Even if it wasn't intentional symbolism, I like that it's there now. Uh, yeah. yeah, like it is, it is because it, it, it has come full circle. It wasn't Trudy that ended up on the streets, it was you. Mm-hmm. It was you. I just like having that little glimpse of what could have mm-hmm. happened if he'd gotten his way. Yeah, and the fact that he has to be the one to yeah. see that. Yeah, what did you think of the outcasts themselves? Um, I saw a clown, didn't I see a clown? Yeah, and you're someone who's blind mm-hmm. as well. It was quite sad. Like, what do you make of them as a whole? I think it's good they found each other. Yes, I was just going to say that, and that they are traveling together, even if it is to go join the Chosen. Yeah, well, in, in their defense, from their point of view, the Chosen have something to offer them. Yeah, They would have shelter, they would have food. Yeah. You know, a roof over their head. People to look out for them. Yeah, and you know, like I, I completely forgot that May had even said that, you know. So like future mm-hmm. things that happen, I'm like, oh well, sh- crap. She was gonna do that anyway, you know. <laughs> yeah, it gives us a good view onto why people would join this chosen mm-hmm. cause, you know, because they're desperate and they're out there and there's nothing for them in this city. And as you said, they, they're well taken, they'll take care of you. And, yeah. and and that's what people, like in these kids, are all looking for is somewhere to be yeah. taken care of and to feel safe. Or May is just absolutely full of crap and she's just a thieving little whatever. And uh... <laughs> Well, that too. But I think the outcasts are, are very important um, reminder that not everybody can find their slot in society. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, you know, um, as May describes to Lex, um, some of us got kicked out for thieving, lying, just being crazy. You know, these are simply people who could not work with a group, couldn't find a home, couldn't find people who wanted to deal with them for whatever reason. And so, yeah, your brain immediately goes, well, of course you wouldn't want a thief. Of course you wouldn't want a liar. You wouldn't want a fighter. But then you see a mother and her child or someone who's blind and then it hits you like, yeah, there are a lot of people who wouldn't find anyone who gave mm-hmm. a crap or want anything to do with them, but they still exist. Where do they go after that? You know, they're out of your life. They're no longer your problem. The Marats got rid of Lex. He's no longer their problem, but he's still out there. I think that's why we keep seeing him out there because he doesn't mm-hmm. disappear you can shove your problems away in society so that your life stays comfortable. Where do you think these people go? Like, that's where Paul could have ended up. Oh, it's like, yeah, oh, and what if he did God. end up there and we just didn't see him? I, I honestly hope Paul did end up with a group like this, all outcasts. Yeah. I just want him to be safe somewhere. And so in my mind, he was with them at some point and found a safe place to go. Fair enough. It's canon. The outcasts joined the Chosen, so now in my mind, Paul did too, and that's why we never see Patsy again. Is anything May said true? I don't know, but I just said she could be lying, whatever she is. I wanted to say other words, but I don't, think she I, don't, is, though. I don't necessarily think that maybe she was lying about the fact that the outcasts were going to go, you know, to the Chosen, but maybe she didn't actually go with, right? Right. She did. did she? Okay. She did. Yes, she did. That shows you how little I know about again. May. In fact, I think the only thing she lies about is whether or not she actually wanted mm. Lex to go with them. Yeah. Because they just ended up robbing him. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's because Lex didn't show an enthusiasm to go in the first yeah. place. Like, maybe if he'd been like, that sounds great. Right. You know, but... It's, he, he was like, what? That's where the Chosen are. You know, he didn't sound like he was on board with it. So she was like, okay, I'm going to get my goodies from you, and then I'm going to steal from you, and then we're leaving. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't think she was lying about anything else. I mean, they are all outcasts, mm-hmm. and it is where they're going. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that's why it's me, so. 
I never really thought she was lying because it makes sense for them to go there. Mm-hmm. It also reminds you that our mall rats, they are the 1% yes. right now. Mm-hmm. And they have the privilege to be concerned about things that people who have to go without every day, they just don't have the opportunity to give a crap about. These kids don't care that the Chosen worship a dead kid. They don't have the time, the energy, or the privilege to care about that. The only thing they can concern themselves with is the Chosen feed people and take care of them. I don't give a crap about the Chosen's politics. You know what I mean? Like, that's where they are. And I think it's important to remind that there are kids in the city who cannot care about that because they just need to eat, you know? And um, And that's reality. Yeah, it's reality. The Marat live on a yep. castle on the hill. They're in the keep, you know, and they don't even realize how privileged they are. And uh, there are kids out there who just don't have that. They just are like, look, I don't care. They want to worship a dead kid? Fine. Just Are you going to feed me? Do I get this really nice robe? They gave me free clothes and everything. This is amazing, you guys. Yeah. I'm warm. I'm fed. I just have to pray if you did. Yeah, I just have to pray today. I got to pray a few times a day. Fine. Whatever. You chant occasionally. There's this weird baby. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's all fine. And, you know, they'll keep us safe from harm because, well, they are harm. It's better to join the bad guys than to be against them on your own. Also, remember, up until this point, most people have no idea what the Chosen have done. Because the only thing they've done is kidnap a child and her mother. They don't even know that happened. So these the Chosen are bad guys. They're weird guys. That's all they are to the city kids they're just some weird creepy people you know and that's it so yeah yeah i I, i'd rather stay with the weird creepy people than sleep in the gutter you know i have a baby to feed so whatever i I think it's important to be reminded of because you guys have to remember despite everything the chosen did there were plenty of individuals within the chosen who we saw were Mm -hmm. nothing but they were kind yeah they were nothing but kind and they genuinely believed we just want to help you. Yeah. We just want to make things easier for you. Something to believe in. We're creating a cash economy, and I'm going to charge for the antidote. The ultimate commodity. Either they pay cash, in which case they got to work to earn it. And I suppose we decide what the wages are. Naturally. Or they can exchange their labor for the antidote. That isn't much better than slavery, is it? Once we've built our empire, we can afford to share the goodies. In the meantime, they get to live under our protection. With you at the head of it. You're a sensible chap, Dal. Be realistic. Who else is there? So Ebony takes advantage of the divisions in the tribe by attempting to garner support for overthrowing Bray and becoming sole leader. And as part of this, she tries to bribe Dal with farmland and workers keen to earn the antidote. And though while he's not exactly sold on the whole indentured labour angle, he doesn't exactly say no either mm. i mean what did you make of dal's reaction to this i mean i can see him not wanting to outright tell ebony nah i'm good you know like no that's not gonna happen like he is probably still a little scared of her i don't know i'm hoping mm-hmm. i'm hoping that he's not like oh maybe this is a good idea maybe i could do this you know like i i, I don't think that's very dow like he was thinking that through he was I thinking know. That he was like hmm. but i mean <laughs> i mean do you really think that dow would be like yeah i'll take some slaves it'll be fine uh, I, I think he would you know honestly i think he would he really you think dow would yeah. do that okay yeah, yeah, because if it means he can feed the whole city yeah Yes, exactly. He, Dal thinks. I guess you're happy. right. The greater good and all that. Last week we were talking about how the best way to get people to do something wrong is to convince yeah. them that they're doing yeah. something right. Yes. And the Malrats are those people. Now, this conversation she has with Dal, he's asking very smart, pertinent questions. He's divulging what matters to Dal. He wants to work that farm. He needs people to mm-hmm. help him. He's excited at the idea. What's the first thing he says when she talks about all this land and workers? I could feed yes. the whole city. That mm-hmm. matters to Dow. I could make yeah. sure no one in the city goes hungry if I had the resources. And here's someone who actually is showing an interest, even if it's just for her Nobody own, else has her own benefit. Nobody else has given a yeah. crap yeah. about what Dow wants to do. No one has shown any passion or interest for it. Here's Ebony going, what do you want, Dal? 
You know what I mean? And he's able to tell her. And, she, you know, and when she, he's like, slaves, you mean? I don't like that idea because I almost ended up being one, you know? And, and she's like, yeah. And then they, they, she's like, well, we could pay them. You know what I mean? And he's like, and we'd set the wages. Yeah. He's talking in a way yeah. that make you, I don't think Dal would have been like, I'm, I'm right. going to be a slave driver. No, he's thinking, if I consider this deal with Ebony, I might actually be in a position to help more people than I am right now. I could make sure these people are treated fairly and are paid fair wages. If I, you know, it's something to consider. He doesn't agree with her, but I understand why he's willing to consider it. And this is one of the things I think Ebony does so well, because Bray and Danny did not do this. Mm -hmm. Ebony is offering people yeah. what they want. She's yeah. actually finding out what matters to them and saying, look, if I get what I want, I can make sure you get what you want. And that's a better deal than just hoping mm -hmm. Bray gets his yeah. head out of his butt, you know? Yeah. And um, it's just like, I'm leading the way and it's for the good. And it's like, yeah, what? but Bray, have you even asked us what we think of anything, you know? But here's Ebony who, again... It's completely self-serving, but this is a smart way to be self-serving. People are willing to help you if you get them what they want. And she's obviously better at it than Lex was in season one, when he wanted to become leader and try to bully people into things. I mean, she's, she's realized that just bullying them into voting for her is not going to cut it. She has to give them something in return. And yeah, I like that Ebony's smart enough to try it that way, because it could be much more successful. I think the only thing I hate is, as much as I love Ebony, like the, the fact that anyone is giving her the time of day after knowing what she did, knowing what she has done. I know, I know. That's why I just keep saying, Ebony, shut up. <sighs> why are people even entertaining this woman anymore? Like, it just blows my mind. They don't care about Trudy. They never did. So they don't care that Ebony sold her out. Well, they don't know she sold Trudy out specifically. As far as they know, Ebony simply blackmailed okay, Bray for the antidote. Mm -hmm. They don't know that she Ebony had actually anything to do with Trudy going missing. You know, um, so you know, I kind of get it. I kind of, I mean, granted, I agree. You guys are really easy with Ebony being here, given what you know and what you suspect she's done. You do you really believe Spike did what he did? Come on, you guys. Like, you know, it was Ebony. But I do think it says something about their state of mind and just the sense that they're just like, I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe. Um, so that any of them would, and again, it just reminds you that Bray and Danny did not confer with their tribe about what any of them actually wanted. And they've really ignored their special interests. They haven't shown great support for any of their special interests. And like, I can understand why any of them might be drawn to someone who at least is taking an assertive hand if it's already been established that these guys are desperate for someone they can listen to for someone to lead the way mm -hmm. i do get why on some level they're like well she's basically the only person who's talking competently here yeah. who is effective at getting anything done i may not be crazy about this but the people i trusted have let me down you know, um, i just think it's good that they're raising the possibility that there are mall rats who would be like I might want to go another way about this because I have goals too. I have things I want to accomplish and I may not be able to get them done if I keep doing what I'm doing. Nobody jumps on board with Ebony except for Casey, which again, very in character. <laughs> uh, and again, he's like, yo, I want to cut whatever happens, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like smart boy. Yeah. <laughs> I did love Make that. the deal. I, you know? I, I love that. She went to Patsy and Chloe and just, you know, Treated them as human beings for a moment. You want Wait something? Yeah. Make sure you get it if you help me. Nobody cares what Patsy and Chloe want. No, she's the first person to actually give them that option. Ebony's making moves. Well done. Good job. Mm -hmm. And she's, yeah. she's a smart time to do it because you're dealing with a bunch of people who feel disconnected. Like their home doesn't matter. We have no one. We're falling apart. And our leadership has failed us. What do we do next? They are in a moment of transition. Bravo to Ebony for trying to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. She's like, Bray wants to go play hero with his damsel in distress. Whatever. Go ahead. I love that damsel in distress coming because mm -hmm. he comes back later. Yeah. <laughs> nice call back later. Mm -hmm. his, his tribe is like, yo, we want answers. And all he cares about is Danny. Are we going to get into Bray? <laughs> 
Mm. Are we going to discuss that Bray cares about nothing but Danny? We have to because I really don't want. Yes, we are going to have to no, about Bray oh, and Danny. Well, it, it is it is fitting for Bray to behave that way. I mean, back then with Amber, when Amber just died, his first response was, "Well, what do I care about the tribe?" And now Danny is wanting to leave, and his initial response is still, "What do I care about them?" Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to ask that question right now because does Bray actually care about the tribe? Does he care about the tribe panel? Because after after he flees after Danny, he he basically comes out and says that he won't go back unless she comes back with him. Like, we re- I don't. Okay, 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 mm-hmm. okay. I in my heart do not think that he really would not have gone back. I think he was trying to bluff. It seemed too ding casual about it. Like, oh, no, I just won't go back. Like, no big deal. You know? Like, it just seemed too casual for me. So, uh, darn it, Bray. I, I, that, that, that's it. That's all I've got. I'm sorry. I have nothing else. <laughs> what does Bray really have to get back? Uh, People were mad at him for, well, lying and hiding the truth. Yeah, and but all they all that. seem to be pretty cool with him right now. And he seems to be pretty happy at them all. And seems to be getting along pretty well with them. You know what I mean? Like. He's uh, happy. He doesn't want to no. be in the mood. He doesn't want to be leader. He, he just acts <laughs> happy, is what I'm saying. Oh, Bray. No, he, he's only in that mall because he thinks it's what Amber would have wanted him to do. Guess, yeah. Probably. Not because he wants to. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be fair. I'm put mom, my mom pants on. I'm going to be fair. Okay. I both like and hate this moment with Bray and Danny and all of Bray's behavior. Um, I think this could have been actually revolutionary for Bray's character if they'd done something with it. They unfortunately don't. Bray is finally being honest about how he feels. I don't believe Bray cares that much about the tribe. Now, keep in mind, I don't think that makes him a bad person. Mm-hmm. It's okay that he doesn't care. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to be in charge of these people. That is okay. That is his right. It doesn't, you know, it's not a derogatory statement to make. Mm-hmm. The Bray doesn't give a crap about his tribe, you know what I mean? Um, that's okay. He chose, he used the mall rats to protect Trudy and then he was mm-hmm. just kind of stuck there. You know, he stayed because Amber had died and he wanted to live up to her. He wanted to honor her and make her death at least worth something. At least she didn't die in vain. That's the only reason he stayed. He was about to leave his niece after her death. He just didn't care. And I don't even care. It doesn't bother me that Bray straight up tells Danny it means nothing to me without you. Thank you, Bray, for being honest. I appreciate that. Now, if you had gone back to the tribe and honestly told your friends, I don't want this position anymore, you know what I mean? I, I don't want it. And we need to work on it. We need to find someone else to take this mantle because I don't want it and I'm not mm-hmm. good at it. I don't, you know what I mean? I can't be a good leader for you if I don't want to be your leader. Then I would have been like, bravo, Bray. Yes, standing ovation. Time to grow up. Awesome. But because nothing happens, that you know, Bray doesn't actually make a mature decision after mm-hmm. this, it does suck that he is willing to keep stringing these people along and leading them astray when actually saying, I don't want to. I'm only here because this girl makes me feel good. You know, I don't, I don't even care that Bray is motivated by this girl solely. I Granted, I don't like those kind of romance stories, but whatever he's allowed to feel that way but it's like you admitted straight up that you don't want this and yet you're still going to walk back into that mall with her and try to lead these people and try to convince mm-hmm. them to continue listening to you when you don't give a crap about them or their well-being you just like being the good guy mm-hmm. i don't i don't like what he says to danny that before you came along i was in a dark place and i want to say Oh, you mean those six hours Ooh. after Amber's death? What do you mean? Oh my Ray? god! <laughs> you found her the same day Amber <sighs> was put in the ground. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yep. Come on, you guys are acting like we spent episodes of watching poor Bray, you know, yeah. falling into a pit of despair until Amber, uh, Danny showed up in a ray of light and saved <laughs> it him. <was> six hours. <laughs> For Pete's sake, you found her as soon as you came off the mountain, Bray. Come on. I don't I don't care for any of that. Um, I feel like they're trying to replicate how mm-hmm. Amber 
you know, convinced Bray yeah. to be a better mm-hmm. person. But they're not doing a good job because I don't think no. Danny made Bray a better person. Nope. It doesn't work when you try to show that this girl is his inspiration and light when I've only seen Bray become a worse yeah, person yeah. since meeting Danny. I'm not saying, <laughs> it's not Danny's fault. I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying, like, he's not yep. been a great inspiration or no. influence in his life. Like, he's just become a bigger dick oh. since meeting Danny. Not, you know what I mean? So I'm like, you guys are trying to recreate the idea that the right person can make you better. And I'm like, it's, it's, she does you know. Like, know. Because for Bray, the only reason he would leave before was because Amber was like, do you really think you're not a leader? Mm-hmm have to do this you know you like this is who you whatever so he needed a woman to push him there and he needed a woman to be his reason for doing this so now needs a woman again in order for it to be his you know reason to be the leader and it's 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 i know no danny no no it, it feels desperate from the writers trying to recreate the love that they had they painstakingly spent a season building up bray and amber's love mm-hmm. i may not be a, be a bramber but they had earned that you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like they're trying to recreate it to just, Danny's here, you guys. She's the one. She's great. No. And I'm like, you're not selling this at all. Yeah. Amber actually did make Bray a better person. She did bring out the best in him. She brought out his potential. You know what I mean? And he did become a better person, a better person for his tribe. He self-reflected on who he was. And was like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be that guy. I want to be my best self. And he actually put effort into being that guy. Because Amber was like, look, get your game face on. You know what I mean? There's so much mm-hmm. you could do. And he was like, she's right. I, you know, I want to be that. Not Danny's fault, but she does not bring out the best in Bright. No. How can she bring out the best in someone when she doesn't give her best? You know? Like, I really feel like Danny could be a better person and a nicer person. You know, and she could have been this entire time, mm-hmm. um, but she hasn't been. So what we've seen is this not nice person who she snaps at everybody like she's constantly PMSing. Um, and are you supposed to be like, you're what makes me want to do this? Like, who is this person? Who is she? I still don't know. If you think back to all those conversations that Bray and Amber had about the mm-hmm. future, about leadership, and it's like you can see, yeah, like that that spark and what, what that yeah. inspiration. And then you look at Bray and Danny, and what what they actually talked about. It's like she just moaned and complained and forced her way, and it's nothing, like there's nothing. nothing. There's nothing Plus, there. There's so much behind the scenes how, how stuff, you know, that we've missed out on. But those are important things because otherwise, <laughs> why? Why is this where we are at? two characters right now i think that's exactly why we're at this point with the mole rats being such a chaos because danny isn't Uh, amber you saying that you miss amber yeah i know it's crazy oh it's so sabine i'm so proud of you yeah (laughs) i know that's talking you know um (laughs) my little guys i know i'm so proud of her it's just you know, it wouldn't have been such a big chaos if Amber had been there. You're not wrong. So it's again, it comes down to those details in the writing where, again, Bray and Amber actually earned those conversations. Mm-hmm. They actually talked mm-hmm. about the meaning of making the world better. What does it mean to make the world a better place? What does that entail? You know, we have not had those conversations in season two, we've skipped over them. As you said, like Danny and Bray, what have they actually talked about? Danny talks a lot about making things better, but there's no philosophy in their conversations. They don't really care how their methods, like how they go about. It really always comes down to just being the one yeah. in charge, being mm-hmm. the ones who get to make the rules and set the standard. But there is no sense of honor. There is no sense. There's no conversations about what kind of leaders do we want to be yeah. once we get to be in charge? Like, it's just like, we can make the world better. How? How are you going to make the world better if you're willing to lie, cheat, yeah. and steal to get there? <laughs> if, you're allowed, if you're willing to manipulate and bully and blackmail people into following your path, how does that make the world better, Danny? They have not earned 
this yeah. moment where Bray tells her that she is the vision and she makes it all worth it and that she could be what this city needs, but she's got to <laughs> come back. Like, sorry, again, not your fault, Danny, this. but this is BS. This is a BS love story. And you should just run away together. Just admit that you're two selfish <laughs> people in love and go be selfish yes. together. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> Neither of you give a crap about the mall rats. You've openly admitted that you don't give a crap about the mall rats. And that's okay. <laughs> okay? You don't have to care about the mall rats. Just go away and be happy together. Not caring about anybody oh, but your pretty face. Just go. <sighs> she, she is really a true politician. Oh, for sure. But her skeleton <laughs> came out quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like Ebony is great in the way she is, Danny is just slightly less obvious about it, but it's still her way or the highway. I don't think Danny's very good at anything that she does, okay? Simply because of the way that she she, she can whine like a mofo. She, I mean, besides that, she's pretty dang good mm -hmm. at that. But I mean, like overall, when she approaches the situation, she doesn't approach it with a with a calm mind. Most of the time, you see her mm -hmm. in the like she's already manic, you know, before she even talks to someone. And uh, yeah, like okay. I just, I can't deal with Danny. I can't. It started with that kiss on the cheek at the beginning of the episode, and I was like, oh, man. This one's gonna kill me. You. <laughs> Praised Celine, and it's... Mm. The girls do the same thing, though. They both want to use Bray for his pretty face to make themselves look good. Uh, I mean, he has a pretty face. He's Got pretty nice hair too, but I, it's actually a shame because this moment with Danny could have been good if Danny had actually been all the things that Bray is saying. Yeah, what spirit did he see? She had a crossbow mm -hmm. in his face. Like the only spirit I saw in Danny was someone who just wants to be in charge mm -hmm. to make up for her father's sin. Um, that didn't make the world better, you know. Uh, it's easy to want to be in charge. It's easy to want to make amends. Um, if they had written Danny as a genuinely kind person who wanted to, because you've already done it, you guys, you already know how to write a female character like that. You could have done it again, but they were, again, they got stuck in that conundrum of if we do this, she'll will be exactly like Amber. So all the things mm -hmm. they changed to make her not like Amber just means that she's just not the person Bray is describing, at least in my opinion. I'm sure there are people who feel differently. I don't want to disrespect your love for Danny out there. I don't want to make you feel dumb because you actually do see what Bray sees in Danny. I'm simply saying I don't see it. And the writers, that's on them. They chose to write her in a way that they never sold her on me. I don't believe she's some great spirit to make the world better. Because I've never believed she actually does want to make the world better. The way she treats people on a daily basis. Does not tell me she cares about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, she just wants to have some rules so she can feel like I fixed my father's mistake. That's it. Basically. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care how. She just wants it now. Screw what you want. Screw what would make your life better. I just want to be in charge of telling you how you should live so that I don't have to feel guilty anymore about what my dad did, you know? Yep. Pretty much. All self-serving. She's just self-serving person. Mm -hmm. that's why i think they had to make it so easy you know like for them to forgive her because why else how, how else are they going yep. to like danny in the future mm -hmm. how else are we supposed to like her you know yeah they look pretty i'll say the the camera work is great. <laughs> so pretty in the sunrise i like it um that's all nice danny your makeup is banging girl i love it um so visually, it's all lovely. The shots are great, you know, but I just, I don't give a crap about these two. I wish they'd just go away together. <laughs> Dang. Go be, go be happy and selfish someplace else. Yeah, they can. They're our elected prom king and queen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, that's what Bray is. You know, he's the one who gets placed in a position of leadership because he's cute and all the girls like him. Yeah, it's true. And whatever, and whoever's the flavor of the month. 
we'll have to be there with them, whether it's Ebony or Danny. Mm -hmm. The only thing I will say that does bug me in the future is that given, even though I hate how Bray's just so head over heels for Danny, fine, whatever. She saved you. Okay, whatever. I don't, I don't like the fact that Bray does earn every moment he has with Danny in the sense that this guy could not have shown her that he was more devoted to her than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And yet later Danny's going to be like, I just don't know if I can trust you. And I'm going to whine every time I see you with another girl. And like, Danny, are you freaking kidding? This guy was going to forsake everyone for you. Okay. Like that's not enough for you to trust this guy. (laughs) That's what I mean. All of this is pointless because nothing good comes from it you know like, there are no lessons learned these people won't become better ah. <laughs> um and yeah the shadow in this scene is the one with ryan and lex as he tracks him down and extends the hand of friendship asking him to return with him back to the mall uh, i know you're gonna say panel but did, <laughs> did lex deserve it oh no talk about sweeping things under the rug absolutely <laughs> you upset celine he, she, he upset, he upset, upset Celine. Celine. He, he upset her. his girl. Oh, God, no. He did more than just upset his girl. Mm-hmm. He got kicked out of that bar for mm, touching a weight. Yeah. Hey, listeners, if there's <laughs> anyone out there who wanted to know what rape culture is, this is what it means. <laughs> you know, um, this is... Celine was simply upset by Lex. Do you understand? Like, that's that's what it is. It's the sweeping under the rug. Like, it's fine. Lex has paid his penance. He can come home now. And for Celine to be the one to have told Ryan to go find him. <gasps> I, I talk about, the writers were desperate. They needed Lex back, so they had to pretend that what he did was... They had to. They knew, they knew that, yep, Lex was what... Mm. I, I'm honestly more mad about Celine doing that than Ryan going through with it. Oh, me too. I understand Ryan doing it. I absolutely can see Ryan having to do it for his own, you know, like, moral compass. Like, yeah. having to go make sure that Lex is okay. He has to see him with his own eyes. I can see Ryan doing that. I can see it mm-hmm. eating him up, regardless of what Lex has done to him. Yeah. For Celine to just be like, okay... Go ahead and get him. For the way that she did it, she did it so casually. You know what I mean? It was cute. Mm-hmm. It was a cute scene. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the, she makes that little poke at Lex when they get back, you know, about thing you had a good friend, right? That's it. But you you guys, this again, it's this is rape culture. Think about it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No, I agree 100%. Celine was the yeah. victim of an assault, Okay. And yet she loves Ryan. Her, she's watching Ryan instead of still being angry at this attempted assault on Celine mm-hmm. and saying, no, I may love Lex and I may worry about him, but no, I cannot forgive him for doing this to you. Instead, he's obsessed with Lex. Celine is mm-hmm. the victim who is forced to forgive her assaulter yeah. because her partner can't let it go because her partner is more concerned about the fate of the assaulter than her mental well-being. She did mm-hmm. that for Ryan. So honestly, I feel like Celine was forced into a position where she had to be like, fine, go find your best friend. It won't bother me. I love you. Go find him because you won't be happy until you do. And frankly, mm-hmm. I'm more mad at Ryan for being willing to forgive what Lex did rather than think, dude, it was unforgivable, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And yet you're just like, oh my gosh, poor Lex, I gotta find him. And it's like, no, I'm more mad at Ryan. Okay. You know, if someone did this yeah, to my... Like, if someone did this to someone I love, no matter how much I worried about them, no matter how much responsibility I felt I'd taken for them, I'm still not going to invite that person back into the home with my loved one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it makes you wonder, though, if this wasn't just like, okay, the writers, the show, they can touch on these Uh subjects, right? They can can have these things, things happen, but they can't dwell on them too long. You know? They can't. Yeah, they have to. They had to sweep it under the rug. So this was their way of yes, of like, okay, we touched on the subject. It happened. Now we have to move forward as quickly and as subtly as possible. And this is what we get. And we have to get Caleb back. He's one of the best characters and actors on the show. Exactly. 
Exactly. Lex has, you know, Lex, people yeah. love Lex. So let's just forgive them, guys. And that's why they made a point of Celine yes. being the one to tell Ryan yeah. to do it. Mm -hmm. See, Celine said it's okay, mm -hmm. guys, so it's not a big deal what Ryan mm -hmm. did. And then, of course, mm. having Ryan say, you upset Celine, man. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's all he did. Did Celine ever actually... Did, did Selena ever even actually tell him exactly what happened? Because all we see is her come in the no. room and start crying. Our Lex, or Ryan asks her what happened. Yeah, she you know doesn't really say anything. He runs out. She says no, and then kaboom, things happen. You know what I mean? The point was that Ryan knew his friend so well that that's he true. didn't need. You're need right. To tell that's absolutely yeah. true because yeah. he's done it before with Zandra. You're right. Mm -hmm. He knew exactly what Lex had done because Celine tried to say, and that was very telling. Celine tried to play it mm -hmm. off like nothing, nothing happened. I'm fine, and he said, "No, I know exactly yeah. what happened." Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ryan knows, and again, I do think this speaks to rape culture because there are many men who are friends with sexual abusers who sweep it under the rug because it's their friend. We see time and time again these cases. With, they don't want to believe their friend did it or they know that's what their friends are willing to do and yet they're still willing to defend them because it's their friend man i know he's still a good guy and whatever and mm -hmm. so i i blame the writers don't blame the characters but yeah it's the writers they needed to sweep this under the rug and it's like if you are willing to really deal with these topics do not have exactly. that show but it's the 2000s so yeah. why not yeah. who cares who cares it's not like he learned anything. There's nothing to stop him from doing it again. So whatever. Obviously not because he, um, you know, touched some waitress at the at the the bar, the casino, or whatever the it was. Casino. Yeah. They got thrown out for. Mm. Also, can somebody explain to me what the punishment is for sexual assault on the Bill of Rights? Is that because touched on? They don't even talk about it. There is no actual punishment mm. done to Lex. He's kicked out of his home, but it's only because Ryan demanded it. It's not like they were like, okay, well, these are the rules. This is what happens if you do this. And then he's just arbitrarily brought back and it's nobody says yeah. anything. Like, mm -hmm. what was the law that we spent all these episodes trying to sign into? And it's like, Danny, he sexually harassed he you while you were yes. in a towel. Mm -hmm. The fact yep. that he felt comfortable Ooh. enough to even do that. Like, that was a normal thing. Like, this, this guy is a sexual predator. And... Yep. And they were just like, yeah, we'll make him someone else's problem. And then when we're no longer mad. He's a repeat offender. We'll just bring him home. Mm -hmm. And nobody's concerned or cares. Rape culture. There you go, guys. There's your definition. Remember, he does he does these things, you know, because of what happened to him, right? When he was in boot camp. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah, well. There's our explanation. Let's put it together. You better have some antidote. When was your last dose? Uh, I don't remember. But nobody I've hung out with has had any for the past few weeks. And they're all fine. Word on the streets is the virus is gone. Ooh. Hear that, Ebony. No virus, no antidote, no power. For any of us. So that brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. So as the tribe gather later, Ebony is confident enough to tell Bray he's finished and outlines her plan to sell the antidote. Her plot is short-lived, however, as Lex returns with information that nobody came across on the streets, himself included, as had a dose of the antidote for weeks and nothing has happened. So the virus appears to be over. And Danny instantly realizes that not only has Ebony lost her power, so have all of them. I think it's interesting to see how they will handle that. Mm -hmm. You know, because she it just... Not only does Ebony realize she's just lost her, her hold on everything, but that look on Danny's face with, oh no. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, but it's not surprising at all. From Danny, that is the most like logical reaction that we should expect. You know, we should expect that exact reaction from her. Mm -hmm. um, because she realizes it's going to start slipping. It was already slipping anyway, and now it's even slipping even quicker yeah um and once everybody else yeah. realizes exactly what this means you know from here on out ah mm -hmm. uh, gonna be fun that's for sure it's a really nice um double-edged sword yeah because it's like you know for anyone who's watching ebony try to cultivate this power and might have been screaming at their screen like no don't let her do this you guys and mm -hmm. And may have had that same satisfaction as Alice did, making sure to tell Ebony, oh, look at that. You aren't going to get your kingdom. 
And it's like, that is awesome. But it is a double-edged sword. Because it's like, Ebony's mm-hmm. not going to get her kingdom. And we won't either. And that's the reality. Because it's like, I don't think our monads have really wanted to admit just how much they want this power. How much mm-hmm. they're willing to do to keep it. <clears throat> and so, for Danny to straight up say, for any of us, you know. Um, I, I mean, granted, I don't know if they deal with it very well. Like, acknowledging that our even our heroes are the ones who want the power, want to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love the look on Danny's face. Yeah. It, it was very in character. It was at least an honest reaction yeah. for this person who they keep trying to tell me <laughs> is nice, but she just wants the power. And she's straight up. Just and, wants power. Holy crap. We don't have any power. What are we going to do? Um, and then we get to see just what they're willing to do. But I'm not surprised because we've already seen what they're willing to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I, I do hate what's going to happen next. Oh, <laughs> oh man. And it, I'm just left wondering, like, was all the purpose of season two someone's creative idea to show the story of the villains? To show the story of how people become the villain, yeah. what their motivations are, and that they may not have started that way, but how they slide into villainy and, um, and how they deal with the consequences of it. Maybe it was too subtle, though. Every bad guy mm-hmm. thinks they're the good guy. Every bad guy mm-hmm. thinks they're the hero of their own story. So I just am convinced more and more that some writer was like, yeah, that's what we want to do with the mall rats. The villains become the, the good guys become the villains. You know, they didn't mean to be, but this is how they got there and they lose yep. everything and they take a bunch of people down with them. And then we have to enter bigger villains. <sighs> To make them seem nice again. Oh boy. It's really interesting to find out that the Mallrats haven't noticed. If there are a ton of kids on the streets who haven't gotten the antidote, and you have to wonder why. If it's yeah. given, being given away for free, they're not far from the mall, why haven't they gone to get their dose? You know, it's that's interesting. Just like what's causing them not to show up and get it, like what was getting in the way, and then to discover... Oh, you don't need it? You know, fine, great. I don't want to go over there and deal, sit in line for an hour to get a cup of this nasty tasting stuff or whatever. And and that yet the Marats, no one noticed because the only people who'd realized it so far were the dregs of society. Nobody cares what they think. Nobody's listening to them. And so at this point, still nobody has noticed. That's so interesting. The outcasts aren't counted as part of the city. They don't have representation within the city for themselves. That's true. No, they didn't sign the Bill of Rights. So, yeah, who's going to tell the others that this group of people doesn't need it? Yeah. And, I mean, clearly they've heard news of the Chosen because, well, that's where they're going. And those guys don't need the antidote. I ain't going to lie. When I found out that nobody needed the antidote anymore... I was like, you know what? Serves you guys right. Me too. I was like, yes, finally. Mm -hmm. You've had the power to do something good with this. And I honestly, I'm sorry. I'm just not thrilled with how you've handled this. So you don't need the power. I'm mm-hmm. glad you're Let about to lose it. <laughs> oh, Danny's face. That was priceless. She landed that mm-hmm. line so beautifully. Well done, Ella. <laughs> she yes. was, oh, man. It was, a great, it was a great panning shot, too. Like, mm-hmm. the camera work there was so good from Alice to Danny's face. <laughs> like... You guys just realize none of us have power, you know? We're about to lose our keep on the hill. And so that brings Series 2, Episode 24 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, you can fill out the form over on our website, thetribe.co.uk, or send us a message on our Facebook page. So we'll see you next time for Episode 25. Until then, bye. 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 Bye.